right. Episode number one here. We've got 20 minutes on the clock to discuss the intricacies and perhaps perils of hospital transport from home birth. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is something that's very, very fresh on my mind, Marin. Um, and um, I know that you have some experience. Do you want to go first in sharing your personal experience or do you want to hear something recently that I heard about? Yeah, you go for it. I'll see how mine fits in. Okay, I'll. It's. I'm gonna just try to not use any sort of identifying information. But a midwife friend called me today about a friend and who is somebody who was actually a preceptor for her has. Um, there, they live. Let's say somewhere in the Northeast, and this part of the United States is pretty notorious for coming down on midwives who are attending home birth. So this particular um, midwife arrived at the home of, of her patient. Presumably they've had like an ongoing relationship. doesn't really matter, but she was called to this birth. And three minutes after she arrives, the baby is born. There's thick meconium. She resuscitates the baby, gets the baby um, and the mom to the hospital. Baby has to spend some time in the NICU and then receives some sort of medicine. Not exactly sure what it was, but dies about six hours after that. That's the timeline as told to me could be hearsay, could be whatever, but this is not the first time I've heard these types of stories. So I'm bound to believe it. So what then ends up happening is presumably an anonymous complaint is, is, is filed with the local police. And this midwife is, um, her house is raided. She's handcuffed and put into a cage. And that's the story. Like that's the story. So, so you might, so then what my, my, you know, many of my colleagues would say is, well, she shouldn't have been tending home birth. And what I think is, gosh, sh- maybe she shouldn't have transferred to the hospital, even though it sounds like she kind of saved the day. So, so I guess <laughs> the big, the big piece of information I take from that story is a midwife trying to do the right thing, brought a patient and the baby to the hospital, just trying to get some help. They did help. Everything was fine until it wasn't fine. And then somebody anonymously in coward in a very cowardly way goes to the police files a complaint and then we have this big giant right. facocked deal on our on our plate and so you as a midwife you've experienced this it's a peril of transferring to the hospital yeah yeah it's a huge problem obviously but you already hit the nail on the head which is you are accepting of this choice of home birth and because most people aren't then there becomes this attitude of, you know, we as the third party, whether that's the hospital, the authorities, whatever, we as this third party, uh, we need to step in and protect these poor innocent people, you know, never mind their choices, never mind the relationship, like that's the view that they have. So I've had that experience, not to that degree, thank God, um, not not to do with anything tragic, but as a midwife, you you can be reported mm. anonymously, really for anything, and the burden of proof or whatever more than falls on you. It's a very unequal conversation to start from there because you can be reported for anything, and I have a couple of those stories too. Yeah. So, so if you happen to be an an, an obstetrician or you're a, a hospital based midwife or a labor and delivery nurse or whatever. What all of this means is that if a person is transferred to the hospital, presumably to get care from you, a good Samaritan, a citizen being paid to do this job, you then accept them, you take care of them to the best of your ability. 
whether or not something goes right or wrong, this would be like you going to the police and saying, hey, I want to file an anonymous complaint against this person who lives in this neighborhood, um, hunt them down, and charge them for a crime. Right. And if you re-listen to the story that I just told, is is that a crime? Like, In other words, if that midwife hadn't shown up to that birth, she wouldn't have been put into a cage. What was the crime? Like, like where did she go wrong in the eyes of the, the community that needs convinced by this? And that's a rhetorical question, Romero. It's, I, I know you and I, I think, you know, think very similarly on this, but, but, you know, you train midwives, like, how do you counsel them on this? Like, you still want people to go to the hospital, but if at the hospital, you put yourself, you literally step in, you dox yourself, as they say in the tech community, you, you've now identified yourself as Marin Green. I'm a practicing midwife in the community of Sedona. And I've now put myself in a position where anybody could file a complaint with the compl- police, and then I have to deal with this on my doorstep. Like, how do you how do you right. teach your students about this? This is scary, horrible stuff. Yeah, it's very hard, and I think it's one reason why often midwives don't go or they don't get involved. And that might sound cowardly to some, but I know I spent many years feeling that way, that it was just easier to not get involved because it would perhaps complicate the care that someone would even receive. They are sometimes better off going with a doula or, you know, even going alone. Um, Not that it's hard necessarily to find out who someone's midwife is, but just being present, unless you have a really great working relationship with those people can cause more friction than not anyway, even if, you know, you come with everything they want, all the charts. Um, So it's not an easy thing. And I don't know that there is one easy way to counsel people. I mean, we certainly don't want to train midwives to be home birth at all costs. You know, that's not what this is about. And if someone needs help, then you have to do the best thing. And I, I, as an OB, I, I feel the exact same way. Like I am super in support of home birth and birth centers and whatever. I'm even in support of free birth for a lot of people. Like if, if that's what you're being called to do, that's great. We still have a role for hospitals. And I think most people will agree, but what, what happens when that hospital now is not a safe place for even the provider? I mean, like that's pretty insane for the, for the midwife or the doctor. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I mean, I, this is like really tugging at my heartstrings. Yeah, it's horrible. And a similar thing happened when I was a student in my apprenticeship, a very similar thing. I think it was a VBAC mom. She had maybe had two cesareans. I don't think anything was really wrong, but she wanted to go in and, you know, there ensued kind of a similar story mm-hmm. that you relayed. So yeah, it's happening everywhere. And it's just such a different point of view, like this, again, idea that someone needs to rescue these parents from their own decision-making process. Um, and there needs to be blame. Like these are, you know, the Mm -hmm. huge topics of our culture, like there needs to be blame. And it's certainly not, it's not them, you know, it's not going to be the hospital, even if someone transports and, and the baby doesn't die till after, like it's, it's wanting to point the finger, which of course, is not how we want our world to be, but it's how it is. Yeah. And I also, I want to emphasize two things. The first is that it wasn't the patient or the partner or the baby who grew up 18 years later that wants to file charges. It never the, is. For the gross negligence of this dirty midwife or whatever. It, it's literally a 
person like me in a hospital who's just their ego, I guess, is a little a little scraped up because somebody decided to not come into the hospital to have a baby. I mean, that's literally the most egregious thing that they can come up with is you attended a home birth, like shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I have a story from a long time ago, and I may have told this one somewhere along the line, but I had a client who was new to me and ended up going into labor. I saw her just like once, once, I think, and ended up going into preterm labor and called me and I said, well, go to the hospital. Like, you know, that sounds like that's what's happening and that would be smart. And she went in and they ended up, the doctor ended up filing a complaint against me because as her midwife, I was supposed to, I guess, have gone over to her house and called 911 for her. I should have made her do something different than she did just because she was under my care for one appointment. Um, You know, so we're treating women and families as if they're infants, right? And they can't make their own choices and they don't know what's best. So yeah, ego, that's a great word to insert there. Yeah. So, wow. So I know, you know, I, you, you and Jason have talked to, to me a lot about, you know, how do we allow for allow the word allow doesn't belong in birth, does it? That the, the mm. word allow is really not like that's a podcast on its own. I know, I know. Like, like in some strange fabricated, I don't know, rule system, permission is granted, like moral authority has been granted to the powers that be that oversee the medical legal system. And and this is what Jason, Jay, and I, your husband and I were talking about this earlier. By granting consent to to being um, governed, you know, by 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 putting ourselves within the jurisdiction of this medical legal system, we've granted them consent to claim moral authority over our decision making and the decision making of our patients on behalf of their babies or their partners or you know whoever. Oh, right. Yeah, that's very true. And did I, did I get anything wrong in that description? By the way, I'm like really working through that language, but it, no, it didn't made sense to me. Yeah, I was just thinking about how yes, that's very traumatizing. I can't imagine. I think we both know a lot of those people personally. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to to kind of take it further, then there have to be actual charges that make sense. So I think a lot of it is fear up front, and it's the intimidation of midwives for sure, but also home birth, also scaring parents. But when these things, you know, progress, if they do, um, it's not as easy, not to say it's not traumatizing, but it's not as, not as easy to prove, for example, that a midwife should be accused of child abuse. You know, that's that's been one in the last couple of years with a friend of ours. Child abuse um, for what happened to an unborn baby? Yeah. That was the only thing they could come up with. And to my knowledge, um, that's not that's not something they're going to be able to use because mm-hmm. that's insane. So anyway, it's a terrible process, but 
there have been very brave midwives along the way, you know, especially the last bunch of years um, Mm. that keep persevering and aren't willing to accept, you know, manslaughter. That's another good one, right? Like these are, these are insane accusations. Um, Being present for a birth is not creating harm for anybody, pretty much no matter what you do. And you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming to that same, that same realization. The other one I hear a lot is practicing without a license. Right. So like, for example, in, I mean, I I don't even know there's certain States where midwives are still even just in Kentucky, actually, I think they just got licensure, but regardless, this is not a new story. Right. So, so a lot of midwives cheer getting licensure. So now you have a license and you've now consented to the state to enforce a set of parameters within which you're allowed, you're, uh, there's that word again, allowed or permitted to do certain things, which is presumably under the guise, it's, it's a guise, it's a disguise um, of safety, right? Like we're trying to keep people safe by, by making sure people practice within specific guidelines. And we're going to wrap that into a tidy package called a license. You pay some money to the state or whatever. You take a test, you get your license, and now you have a license. Well, so now you can skirt around the charge of practicing medicine without a license. But now you've given them a package of things to charge you with. Every single transgression is a, is a, is a knock at you. And in the court system, that can be very, very much more easily, um, um, I don't know, enforced right? Which I, sure. in, in, in many ways is a violent act. Like you're holding somebody in a cage despite them having performed or any transgression against another person. Sure. On, on the other hand, so like you don't have a license, you can not only be charged with, you know, practicing without a license, but people act as if you're some sort of belligerent, um, well, you are an anarchist by definition, but, <laughs> but, but some sort of, t- you know, like you're, 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 you're some sort of tyrannical, uh, right. Reckless, whatever person. reckless person. Yeah. And right, right. right. It's just, <laughs> they're just words in a sense, because the first mistake is the fact that midwives nearly everywhere have agreed somewhere that midwifery is medicine and it's not. And, you know, I think Kansas, I could be mm. corrected here. Um, Kansas has been and hopefully will remain a state where midwifery is very separate from the practice of medicine. So midwives, you know, listen up. If you're looking for uh, regulation and and being legitimate and all of these things that seem really attractive, you got to be careful what you agree to. Right, right. I mean, it makes me think about my own license. I'm practicing medicine. If I don't have a license, then I'm practicing medicine without a license. If I yeah. do practice medicine with a license, then I have to play by the <laughs> rules within the license. So like, how right. is this not coercive? Like the language that we're using in and of itself is like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, unless you play totally. by whatever rules have been passed down through some sort of illusory moral authority figures. Right. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, for sure. And again, with midwifery, um, why, why would any midwife agree that that's medicine? We're not practicing medicine. And that, of course, can be debated. But yeah, those are huge conversations, too. Because once you take that on, and once you're proud to, you know, carry whatever drugs you think you need, um, then you fit into that category. So good luck with that. Yeah, man, we we've got. I think we just. I think we just declared like five more podcast <laughs> topic episodes. Yeah. What? How much time do we have left on the clock? We have 
four minutes, I believe. Can four. I bring up one one like a, other little thing that I think is really important to remember? It's it's not it's not new. It's actually kind of going back to the original story that I was telling in the very beginning. The um, I think that people sort of presume that that it's un, you know the 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 system I guess of birthing in the hospital that we have in place is a safe way to do it. Like let's just let's presume that that's true. It's probably not, but let's just say it's safer to del- to have a baby in the hospital. If being at home is a person's, if you if we can say that they have the moral authority to, to determine where and when they have a baby, <laughs> well, when is not even really their decision, but y- you get my point. Right. Um, we're not going to have a C-section on Monday at 9 a.m. We're going to have a baby at home whenever is, is what I'm getting at. So if that were to happen, the, the the sequence of events that leads to a person being transferred to the hospital in sh- probably in the midwifery world they probably do a much better job of having a shared decision making process about the pros and cons of remaining in this labor pattern at home despite what you as the the I don't want to I'm using air quotes for trained professional but I don't actually mean air quotes I mean like you're the trained professional but not based on some sort of licensing practice. You're a person who's experienced enough birth to say, hey, I'm a little bit concerned, whether it's you being concerned about your own body is whenever you transferred yourself to the hospital or the person you're caring for. So given that you have this contract, a private contract with this person to say, I'm going to try to do my best to take care of you. And right now I'm concerned. Let's go to the hospital. Part of now, like given the story I just told, part of that conversation is with you, even though your intention is to help this person out, part of now that shared decision-making process is for you to have to actually reconcile with the fact that if I do this, I may never be allowed out of a cage to attend a birth again. So we in the hospital system need to really, really look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what are we accomplishing by filing anonymous complaints about midwives? If you think that that midwife went in there and was just diddling around with her hand in the vagina and doing like some really inappropriate things. Like maybe that's a person that like we don't want in the birth world. Like maybe that is a person that like let's send them out to the dogs, right? But is that really the person who was caring for this woman at home, pouring their heart and soul for 36 hours of labor into this process to try to keep them safe and their partner safe and the baby safe? Now they've gone to you for help. Is that really the, the right way to go about this? Like what alternatives could you possibly think of for making the system better, given you're already up on a pedestal with the power of the legal system behind you to try to be, you know, putting people behind bars? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if that's even the place to focus in a sense. Right. And to the midwifery side, I can say that's the reality of being a midwife all of the time. But yet, mm. I think especially in teaching midwives, I certainly wouldn't en- wouldn't encourage anyone to focus on that. And if that is truly where your focus is, then this might not be the path for you. Right. Because, that's a really good point. You know, while that's it really can be point. true, uh, we got to like also trust and believe and serve people the best way we can. And if we do need to transport, and this is another topic you know, going in there with the best energy and the best intentions and not being antagonistic and all of these things that can help, you know, not to say it's going to keep someone from doing something stupid, but there are other conversations that, you know, could possibly start to shift this. I think that, 
I think that that's a good succinct way to stop today. I think that you're you're absolutely right. It's it's a shame, in other words, that midwives have to think about that. They should feel like we've got their backs if they bring a patient in to the hospital. And I'll just that's that's my two cents. <laughs> yep. And with ten seconds to go, I think that's about right. More to come on that. All right. See you next time, Marin. All right. See you later. 